Hi there, it's Martin Wardle from Robson Adler. Today, in a slight twist on the videos we've been doing, I'm talking to Duncan Young, the chairman of Sanderson Young. Hi Duncan, how are you doing? Very well, Martin, all considered. Sitting at home like everybody else, but not bad, thanks. No worries. Um, I thought it would be worth chatting today to try and get um, a feel from someone on the, the inside of the property industry, just what you think is going on with property at the moment. So, and I suppose the key question everyone's got on their mind is, is the value of my house secure? Well, to be honest with you, Martin, we were looking forward to 2020. It was our first proper big year since 2006, 2007. For the majority of people, and of course, everybody says, you know, what's happening in my value? Well, it depends on where your price is. You know, a house at 200 is completely different to a house at 800, another one at 1.5 million. But, you know, for the majority of people, the last six, 12 months in the Northeast have seen high demand and low supply for normal housing, um, priced between, say, 200 up to 400,000. Um, a typical three-bedroom, semi-four-bedroom Edwardian terrace in the suburbs of Newcastle has probably gone up by six, so over the last six months, probably gone up by maybe 10 to 15%. Um, certainly over the last year, it's gone up by at least 10% because demand has simply outstripped supply. And for those people that owning those houses, that's been good news. Um, if I relate it to a sort of local Jesmond house in around High West Jesmond, the, the peak of those three bedroom terraces in 2006, seven was probably around 315, 320. They fell at the first crash to about 275, 280. And now a good one with a roof conversion will go for 400. So you can see the variance over that type of house in the last uh, 13 years or so. Um, whereas if you had a house, say, I don't want to necessarily quote Darris, but there have been examples in Darris where, um, you know, a, a sportsman bought a house for, let's say, two million back in 2006. It might now only be worth one and a quarter, one and a half. Um, there are some houses in the Northeast that were bought for four million at the top of the market in 05 or 06, and they're on the market now at two and a half million. So the, the uber large mansion house has been hit tremendously, whereas the quality suburban house um, has done much better. Um, and then houses up the coastline, you know, again, where you have beautiful locations from Amble, and I'm pleased to say from Amble because that's certainly done very well, up to the, and past Holy Island. Those premiums are large at the moment. Those houses have gone up by ooh, 15, 20% and more in the last year or so. So, uh, you know, it's, it's all about where your property is as to how it's been impacted. Um, but 2020 was expected to be a really good year for us. And it started off January through to March at about 28, 29% up on last year's sales. And then as soon as we got hit with the virus, um, we within a week really were closed down. I mean, 23rd of March was the day we were told to close. And literally, uh, we, they all, all the staff left that day. And uh, 24th, we made the decision to furlough most of the staff because it was very clear that the government didn't want us to continue trading. And yeah. that, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, we've tried to do our best of recent to stay safe. As frustrating as all of this is for every bit of business, retail, leisure, social, uh, you know, we, we've all got to stay safe. That, your health at the end of the day, and those of your neighbours and friends and colleagues is paramount. Yeah. 
So you've probably got people who want you to go out and do valuations and try to get a house move, but it's just not a good idea at the moment, is it? I'm, I'm hazarding a guess that 85, 90% of our business is closed or suspended. Uh, we, we, we can't trade. I mean, the majority of people will not want to view, nor would you allow people to view your house. Yeah. Uh, there have been some exceptions. People who have lived next door or close to an empty house or a development or a new build have made offers. Uh, people who've gone out for their walk and walked around and looked at a house from the outside, uh, knowing what it provides, haven't been in it before. Um, we, we actually agreed sales on 12 houses uh, last week and the week before. But the majority of those were people who had viewed before then and were just finalizing negotiations. Uh, although some of them were new bidders who had come in and were keen to secure a, a, an agreed sale before the market sort of closed altogether. You know, are you seeing people worry then that you, you, you covered off, um, let's, let's, you know, your Jesmond, your Gosforth, your, you know, your, your, your coastal. What about the rest of the region? I know, I know you don't particularly do three bed semis in Gateshead, but I mean, how, how, how are those properties going to fare, do you think? It's faring well. I mean, sadly, the northeast of England catches up with the rest of the country and most of the statistics we see have the northeast of England and Wales are the two regions that sort of have the uh, most catch-up to go on. I mean, in London, we have huge peaks and troughs, and we don't follow those. Uh, we don't have the same um, extremes of London's market, which is good from our point of view. We'd rather not. Um, but then um, we do need to catch up. And in, in many cases, the region as a whole has been catching up. I mean, the, the lack of supply in most parts of the region has been prominent. And good suburbs and nice housing in Gateshead or in Lowfell or Wickham or uh, Cleden and, uh, and Sunderland, they, they're finding, a, you know, they did find prior to us closing, they did find in the majority viewings were up, offers were up, sales were agreed better, prices were more um, strong than they'd been. And um, I think the whole region benefited, but yes, the, the particularly popular places, your core bridges and certain other locations are strong as ever and prices and premiums are bouncing back. But as soon as they do that in those areas, then the ripple effect moves on. Uh, people, people will say to me, well, I'm not paying that to live in Gosforth. I'll go and live in uh, Fenham. I'll go and live in Benton. I'll go and live in Forest Hall where you can get the same house for a lot less money. And they've got very nice areas and they've got good suburbs and they're very easy to get to and it's better value for money. Um, and you know, that ripple just continues as you move in all directions, depending on when people, where people live and what they uh, need to get to work. But generally speaking, this was going to be a good year. I, obviously we don't know how long the lockdown is going to last. And I suppose the second thing is we don't know how many people are truly affected by you know, being furloughed, their wage reductions and everything else that's happening. Do, do, do you think, let's say lockdown is released in a couple of weeks, do you think everything will just simply unpause and nothing will have changed really evaluation-wise and tenant-wise? My, my personal view is the sooner it unlocks the, uh, the less of an impact it will have. But I personally don't think it'll unlock for two, three months. Um, I think we'll have a gradual, gradual uh, 
return to work for different industries depending on how great they uh, are able to protect themselves and how social um, distancing can be applied. Uh, you know, sadly, big sports events are likely to be the last of the uh, the uh, gatherings to be brought back together. But you know, if restaurants and bars can space tables so that people aren't too close together, then maybe they'll be brought back at a certain time. Industries like the housing market and construction in particular are important. Uh, you know, construction uh, and the provision of housing is, is hugely important. Uh, we, all of the councils have reported a short uh, supply um, for a new build coming forward and they need to improve upon that. And uh, those targets are being set and are well known amongst the builders. So we've got to continue to build these new houses and give people a choice. Because the fewer choices, the greater demand, the higher values will rise in the smaller market of, of uh, supply. Uh, and that has a great impact on, on rentals. I mean, rentals have already moved up in value, at least by 10, if not 20% in the last couple of years. And um, that's partly caused by the tenant fee ban. It's partly caused by uh, lack of um, alternative supply. Uh, albeit that in certain parts of the city and other uh, conurbations, you are bringing back into the private uh, rented sector some houses that were pre previously student stock. And um, some of the old student stock does need to be refurbished. Yeah. Uh, you know, an international student coming to Newcastle now, and there's many of them, will often rent for three or four years the same apartment or the same um, uh, bedroom in an apartment in a very nice modern purpose-built block in the middle of town. Whereas historically, that student would always move out of Hall's residence after year one and move into private uh, student housing in Jesmond and the like of Sandyford. So uh, those stock of houses um, are under pressure in terms of the standards they set, and we have been selling some of those back to private residences again, which I think is a good thing. Well, good I, think, I, th I think that was the one of the key purposes of the Article 4 legislation, wasn't it, that no, yeah. no houses could become student houses after a certain date. Quite a while ago now, wasn't it? Um, yes. But it's interesting to see that someone now reverting back, which is what the council, to be fair, did always say might happen. Yeah. Um, when I first came to Jesmond in 1984-85, Jesmond had an edge on Gosforth in terms of values. And uh, then it swung the other way because Gosforth became a bit more family-orientated and a bit more um unspoiled whereas the drinking society student society in jesmond had an impact and as much as many of us have liked osborne road in certain times we don't necessarily want to live next to it and have the uh the emptying of bottles every morning and in, in the middle of the night but um you, you weren't there two weeks ago were you duncan after lockdown it already be <laughs> but i heard there was a bit of a commotion <laughs> it was quite busy it was quite busy um so but Jeff, beautiful area of Newcastle and really, you know, if you, if you take some of that student stock and return it to private ownership um, and, you know, smarten it all up, um, you will improve the values dramatically. And we're seeing that now with one or two schemes. The um, former Lancashire School has been an extremely popular development and is very valuable. Um, we've got another scheme hopefully coming out of the ground in the near future from the old, uh, old garden nurseries next to Jasmine Dean House. Oh yeah, on Matthew Bank. That'll be a great, great site for somebody. Uh, we're working with um, uh, Pegasus Life, who are early retirement uh, providers, 
down at Eskdale Terrace, the old school premises near the RDS. And they've demolished that old building and have built brand new, and that will be ready later this year for 60 years of age plus. And they're going to be very high-end, early uh, retirement, you know, self-contained apartments that uh, people just uh, enjoy the convenience of. With pretty, good with pretty good values as well. I think the start is yeah, about yeah, over 300 grand, isn't it? I mean, you know, these providers go very high-end. You get, you get luxury restaurants and some of them. You get luxury leisure facilities. You have private bars. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're like mini luxury hotels, these places now. And uh, always looked after by a warden or support team and uh, very prestigious and very um, luxurious. A good way you can afford it to retire. Absolutely. Well, it all depends on if most people have still got a value in the house, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how most people get there, isn't it? You know, I, I, my, my view is if we, if we get back in some degree of normality by the summer, then we can deal with um, the rebound, which we're all expecting. And that rebound, uh, I suspect, should take place fairly quickly. And over six months, nine months could more than make up for the... Um, the wobble that we had now, you know, because before we had this restriction on us, we were trading well. I think the old problem is, you know, trying to work out the longer it goes on, the bigger the debt, the more the impact on the economy, and the more significant it becomes on people's jobs, because we've had this taste of working from home, and that may well impact on a number of business owners as to how they trade in the future. Yeah. And, you know, we already have seen a dearth of interest on high streets where, you know, dare I say it, with the exception of estate agents, charity shops, and uh, the cafes that support the high street, there's not a lot of real quality retail. And we'd like that retail to return. Um, and that's hard for the high street. So, you know, it's important that we, we, we create some sort of center for people to come to. And we uh, certainly, I mean, we're expanding our high street premises uh, um, at the moment and when we get back into those and we can do the building work we'll we'll double the size of the premises there and i look forward to that do you think the bank of england's base rate drop came at the right time or do you think they were a bit too early because they well, haven't really got anything else in the stocks now have they rate wise i think it's essential that they make that as competitive as possible i think and they've done all the right steps to, to do well on that uh it is an extremely cheap time to borrow money and uh, as long as we can get back to work and guarantee our jobs and guarantee our incomes, then with all of those guarantees, property and your home become the next point of focus. Um, and I think that's essential. So uh, the cost of borrowing is, is vital. Uh, it, obviously, it obviously has another impact on those that are savers and retirement, and they have to look at other ways of getting a better income. But I'm sure there will be ways of doing that. Do you think, Duncan, that the, the, no, no doubt you'd have, you'd have read or at least be aware of the advice for landlords and tenants that basically says everyone should try to work together, you know, speak to your landlord as soon as you're having any issues, that type of thing. Um, the strong suggestion that lenders should give payment breaks. Obviously, it's not free money, it's just deferring the payment. Do you, do you think there's anything else that could have been done specifically for, say, landlords? whether it's commercial or residential? We only manage a small portfolio of about 100 houses. And so far, touch wood, we've only had two of those tenants ask for 
a reduction, not, not a void or holiday, but a reduction. And I suppose it's a bit like the way I've assessed my position with my landlords um, of either commercial properties or, or, or uh, looking at that aspect. Um, it, it's not free. You're not, not allowed to dispose of that rent that you've got to pay. You've got to defer it to another time. Yeah. Now, if the furloughed payments come through and people get 80% of their incomes, and if that comes through, let's hope by early May, and that's a big if, but let's hope it does that, then people's incomes will return. Now, bear in mind, I don't know how your family and other people have been living, but we, we need our income at the moment to feed water and shelter. And, you know, we don't go out anymore. We're not partying. We're not socializing, we're not having expensive lunches or meals out, we're not driving anywhere. Yeah. So the petrol bills and everything else, I mean, for the majority of people, weekends away, holidays that were planned, if anything, you might save some money over this time of isolation. And if you can, great, try and keep up with your rent payments, try and keep up with your credit cards, your mortgage payments. If you have to defer them, if your income's been that greatly impacted and you aren't, fortunate to be followed or, or have some sort of secure income then of course that that sort of safety net is there for you and you should have that safety net and no judge in the land will dare to um turf somebody out in this time of need yeah. because shelter food and water is what we all need yeah and i think I, I think in fairness most people are working in what seems to be a complete unison there seems to be a good community spirit at the moment certainly from the people I'm speaking to, no, no one is desperate to throw somebody out or, or do any of those things. No, I, th I think everybody has sympathy and everybody wants to try. And, and, and certainly, I mean, we, our income has virtually stopped. I mean, the sales that we did over the last two weeks, if they do exchange and complete, I'll be delighted. But principally speaking, there's little chance now of my 70, 80 sales that are in the pipeline exchanging and completing. Uh, you might get three, four, five of them over the next two or three months. Uh, I'm thinking about cases where people are cash buyers, that they don't want to move in, that it's empty, and they're effectively just having the keys sent to them. But, um, you know, those are the exception rather than the rule. So, you know, our income is switched off from uh, that point of view. And all of our colleagues in the leisure industry and, uh, and many of the high streets will have similar no income. So, you know, that's difficult. But if you get the furloughed payments, um, if um, you can um, take a partial uh, mortgage holiday, rent holiday, uh, card payment holiday, not a full one, then because of the fact that you're not going out and spending so much money, you might be able to afford to live on 80%. Yeah. I hope you could. I hope it might even be less than that. Yeah. Um, it, uh, I mean, we're having a lot of fun at home with, with my three boys who are in their mid-20s and each one of us takes turns to make a meal. And then uh, we, you know, brag about how cheap we've made it for. Uh, <laughs> that's not always good. Um, I, uh, some meals have been nice, other meals have been horrible. But uh, how, how, know, many, how many times have you had plain pasta? Then? <laughs> plain pasta features a lot in twenty-year-olds. Pasta with all sorts of spices, bits and pieces. I keep thinking, where's the meat? <laughs> uh, you know, we've had one or two days of sun, and on those days, the hamburgers have been coming out, beef burgers and, and the like. So, you know, we, we, uh, we're doing all right, but we're not spending a fortune. We're probably spending a lot less than what we'd normally spend. Yeah. 
Duncan, if I can ask you just to give just one final tip, I suppose, for landlords out there, landlords primarily, um, if, if just, I don't know, I think to the get, landlord, them, get them through uh, the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, you know, be kind to your tenants, look after them as best as you can, be sympathetic, uh, listen to each of their individual circumstances and support them. Um, if you do that, they'll probably support you as well. Um, if they're going to get some income, then great, look after that and uh, try and encourage them to pay what they can afford. Um, the tenants that a lot of good landlords have stay with them a long time. And that, that saves you a lot of hassle on changing your tenant. You know, the, the good landlords, I find, always keep their tenants because they enjoy living there. It's well looked after. It's well maintained. And it's fair. And some of those landlords actually could and should in some cases have been reviewing their rents. Because if they haven't had a change in rent, the rents in most parts of the suburbs of Newcastle have gone up by 15, 20%. So tenants that are paying a figure that they've agreed two or three years ago, you're doing well. I would uh, keep, keep your head down because uh, those uh, rents could well have improved. But it's all about listening to people who are in your properties and working with them to achieve a mutual uh, support of each other. And uh, then you can uh, have hustle-free uh, investment opportunities. Yeah. One of the things we're trying to get across to, to landlords is to be fully aware of the various schemes that the government have announced as well. If you've got an employee who thinks they've lost their job, but you know about the furlough scheme, you can point them in that direction and help yeah. your tenant to get the money to pay their rent. Um, so, so I, th I think just having a general awareness of what's available out there as well can only be a good thing. I, I pointed a couple of landlords recently in the direction of Northumberland County Council grants for small businesses. And they didn't realise that they were running small businesses with a stock of maybe five or six uh, holiday homes. Yeah, I've seen people getting their money through on holiday homes now, yeah. The, the, you know, the fact that they had these holiday homes and they've had to cancel pretty much all of Easter, May, June, and very soon July, no doubt, that, that's a significant uh, reduction in their income. Where the Thurman County Council are, are supporting them, saying, apply for a grant. You could get £10,000 from us. Yeah. You know, it is knowledge of that. And that's what good accountants like Robson Laidler do. They, they keep you informed and they keep you up to date. And that's, that's, that's a great partnership. Well, I'll, I'll return the compliment. Good, good agents tell their landlords as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, we have to share it, you know, because it's, uh, it, it's that sort of partnership that makes you all earn a little bit of money. And that was one of the first things I was ever told, leave a little bit in it for somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what we always try and do, you know, do your best job possible to earn a, a good fee. But, uh, you know, the property market, I think at the moment, it's, it's early days. It's the third week of our, of our stay-at-home isolation. Uh, this could be three months plus uh, um, endurance. But, you know, it's not that bad an endurance, sitting in a garden, reading a book. I mean, we're working hard because so much of the company is being directed to here with my wife, son, and I helping as best as we can. Um, and the majority of our employees being furloughed. But uh, we're still doing business. We're still, you know, managing 100 houses. We're still looking after the pipeline of 70, 80 properties that hope to exchange and complete probably when the, the, the ban is lifted. 
Um, and that's, that's a lot of business to, to keep together because when we are told to go back to work, not all companies will be able to switch the money on the tap on that day. Uh, a majority of us will have to work three or four months to get the pipeline up to get the money back in. Yeah. I'm hoping if I can keep my pipeline together, then the first couple of months we will have income. Yeah. And that will help justify, look after my 50 staff and, and, and make sure that we're, we're okay as we go forward. And, and that, <laughs> I think governments have done a great job in looking after us all. Theoretically, anyone who was going to move this year will still move this year if they can. So they might, you know, if, if there was going to be 15,000 sales in a certain area in a certain time, hopefully all we've done is disturb the flow of that and this should all still happen at some point if we can get back quick enough. That, that's what we hope, that we have just disturbed the flow. It's a temporary thing. Uh, the longer it goes on, the bigger the worry is that the economy can't sustain uh, the sort of upset we've had. And the doom and gloom merchants will always talk about how difficult it might be in the future to pay back all of this debt that we've had to amass and will amass from all the payments we're making out. But, you know, it's a worldwide debt. Somebody just needs to shuffle it up, cross off somebody's debt against their credit and, you know, it needs to just, be just get everyone, everyone to take a zero off every debt, do you think? Just, <laughs> well, I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll put someone on that then, don't we? We'll see if we can come up with a plan. But yeah. meanwhile, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Martin. Good to speak to you. Thank you. Bye-bye.